Hey folks, this is Sean, and welcome to the latest episode of Come This Far. My friend Chris and I have authentic conversations with interesting people on how they're living their lives, so maybe we can learn a thing or two. I'm not sure this guest is really that interesting, oh, here we go. to be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure, I think you begged me to have him on, on the podcast because, I don't know, I'm not really sure. I but think why don't you introduce? Why don't you introduce, introduce who it is? You know, first of all, um, yeah, this guest is is a little bit off the beaten path for us, um, and there were several reasons why I really wanted to have him on the show. This guy's name is Dean Emerson. Um, he and Sean have known each other for fifty two years because Dean is Sean's little brother, um, and. Uh, Dean is is I mean so reason number one is I am a, a I love the game of golf I'm not very good at it but I love the game of golf and Dean is currently uh, a caddy for a professional golfer and so I've never talked to a professional caddy before and I was really interested to hear about that and by the way I feel like that job and we discuss this a little bit with Dean is is a little bit uh, of like parenting plus therapy uh plus maybe like a little construction work thrown in there you know whatever um but so so yes i was really interested to to hear to talk to dean about this and to meet dean mm-hmm. and and <laughs> i mean who can pass up an opportunity to get a couple brothers on the show and like stir the pot a little bit which mm. we, i feel like we've successfully did right i mean so so I, so i, so I, I would say no, uh, just your point about you know um, you'll listen, you'll hear in the in our conversation how we got to be a pro caddy, and it's it's quite um, by happenstance. Would that be would that be a way to describe it? Bit. I mean, a little a little bit. Uh, there I, there was really no intention at first, and then it evolved that way. And uh, he's caddying for Davis Thompson, who is a twenty three year old rookie on the tour. Um, who uh, who just qualified for the U.S. Open. So as you're listening to this, he's going to be playing this weekend. So be sure be sure to watch as he <laughs> as he crosses the finish line on Father's Day with his first major. Uh, oh boy! Oh yeah. boy! Yeah, you heard why it not? first. You right? Know, why not? Why not? Right? Right? Why not? I mean, this is what TV and radio personalities do all the time. They can say whatever. No one's ever going to hold you accountable for that. For that, right? So, right. Yeah. Um, so did, Dean was he, Dean was thinking that that he wasn't very interesting after we had recorded, and I told him you weren't. But we'll, you know, we're still gonna <laughs> we're still we're still gonna post it because Chris really wants it up there. So I I, um, I gotta say, I mean, like, uh, and and I didn't go into it with with really the intention of like. Yeah, I did want to stir the pot a little bit and hear about how you guys grew up in in in, in some part to get to know you a little bit better because there's really mm-hmm. no better way to get to know a friend than to meet their sibling. Yeah. Um, but um, but I am always fascinated by people's childhood experience and their relationship with their siblings and their relationships with their parents and sports and, and just you know because we talk a lot about navigating life but this is with all adults and i feel like a lot of the way we go through life is informed by the shit that happened like when you and dean were boxing you know uh you know it, a lot of stuff we do back that when we're young builds character and so it's really interesting to me um so yeah and 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 he survived childhood despite growing up getting punched by you and, and scott so he did he, he yeah um uh, and you know he's fight he's fighting every day out there on the tour um but yeah I, I mean i think what's interesting about dean is you know for the listener is at uh let's see 52 so at roughly 48 i think he put on a bag and and um well let's see maybe 46 put on a bag and started caddying and um, so this idea that we can do whatever we want, I mean, there's certainly challenges in what he's doing now. Um, but he loves it and loves being a part of it. And, and for that, I, you know, I take my hat off to him. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm really glad he was able to join us. I can't wait to meet him in person. Um, 
at your daughter's wedding. And um, so let, let's get on with it and, and let Dean tell us about his 10 varsity letters in high school, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Talk about living in the past. Here's Dino. Uh, you're connected to audio. Put on your screen. Put it on your video. I got you, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, he got he got Brett to get him hooked up. No, he didn't. I did it myself. I don't believe you. <laughs> Why was he in there? Was he just in there to say hi? Uh, no. I I panicked. I had to um. I had to update it. Ah. Oh. Just oh. had to click a few buttons. I'm ready to go. Sorry. I apologize. Don't worry, man. Nice to meet you, Dean. I had a Zoom call recently, and uh, everything went fine. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. Chris Dean. Dean Chris. Yeah, man. Uh, Thanks for your I, patience. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. No, we're, we're psyched to have you. Talk some golf uh, so and all sorts of stuff. You are. I mean, I, I don't even know why you're here. I was asking to, I, yeah, you're kind of a nep. Does that make him a nepo baby that he's, he's on our podcast? Does that fit the definition? Well, I don't know. I've never even heard of that term. What is that? Oh, it's, it's a term now for like nepotism, like, like a kid or a younger sibling or whatever that gets favoritism because of the status of, you've never you, heard of that? You, no. I mean, yeah. I, like, well, so first of all, Dean, right before you got on, um, Sean clarified that you were also born in 1970. So we share that um, as a birth date. So I think a lot of times what Sean does, and you probably know this because you've known him a lot longer than me, is he tries to be like one of the cool kids, right? He throws out <laughs> keywords, tricky phrases. It's true, dude. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. Try. I admire his vocabulary. Right, try, try, try to be the cool know, kid. You know he's Googling shit all the time, right? He's like, oh. It's funny because I was actually going to compliment your glasses, Dean. I was going to say that they're fire because that's what the kids say now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you. Yeah, so, I picked these up in the uh, RDU airport for uh, like 29 bucks. I get more compliments on these things. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, talk about living vulnerably, right? Wearing the pink glasses like that. That you know, I think Dean is ready oh. for men living. Oh no, Dean is one of the Dean is one of the original. He uh, what what would be the the color? What would be the color palette that you like best? Um, likes a lot of light blue, a lot of pink, yellows pastels that's what i'm just trying to get right big pastel. i mean i like yeah. pastels but I, I just like color in general green's my favorite color yeah. but you're, you're looking Sean, good. remember you're you stayed world. remember you stayed at, in my room at mom's and you, you opened up the closet and you were like you had some comment like jesus if More i didn't know any clothes than my wife it's unbelievable well the color so you, you were commenting on i love the color, color. Yeah. I love the colors. I love the colors, but pastel. I think pastel is yeah, I like pastel. primary direction. Yeah, I like pastels. Primary direction. Um. So so, there's the third brother, right? <laughs> and a sister, yeah. And a sister. So remind. Yeah. So I mean, we'll do an introduction, Dean. Obviously, you probably uh, well, maybe you haven't heard the podcast before. Maybe you don't I know have. how this works. Okay. But um. But but so it goes, Sean. 63 is that when you were born yep then scott 66 dean 70 and jennifer 72 okay okay yeah. and, and and so um i just gotta i mean i gotta get to know you a little bit dean but like what what's uh what was it and i've talked to sean about this before but growing up in the emerson household so we actually my family actually had four as well three boys and a girl the girl was the oldest Oh, wow. three boy, and we were a little bit closer. It was me 70, Will 72, Matthew 74, maybe. Okay. But we were constantly making up games and, and beating the crap out of one another. Is that is that is it safe to assume that that's yeah. I mean, especially fucking Boston, right? Like you guys yeah. probably like us on yeah. steroids. Yeah, you could say that. Um Sean's so Scott, it goes Sean Scott and myself and it kind of just went downhill like scott 
Scott and Sean used to have some battles and then Scott would take it out on me and I would just take it out on my sister. And Sean kind of protect Jen and I, but Scott was definitely the bully and still is. Scott is still day. a bully. Where, oh, yeah. where, where, would, where would we find Scott yeah. right now? Where is he and what is he, how does he navigate life? Uh, Scott right now, he would physically be right on right on his bed watching, um, <laughs> I don't know, some sort of football <laughs> pre-draft stuff. But uh, he's down in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. And, uh, he's been a weightlifter his whole life. And um, he is just a um, meat eater, weightlifter. He, he, actually, he actually trains college athletes, though. I mean, he's got a whole stable of, of guys that uh, some will likely be drafted. Well, not likely, will be drafted this weekend. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a lot of knowledge in, in <laughs> that space, but he, and he does it as on the side. Yeah, so, he, that's his passion, Chris. He yeah. he loves to train athletes, and he and he stays um, in tune with different methods to train these guys. And he's done a phenomenal job. He actually, and he's a salesman for um, Biogen. Okay, so when you say he's probably on his bed watching some pre-draft thing, it's part of his work, right? Like he's probably watching some of his guys, maybe. Or... Yeah, yeah. In a way, yeah. you could say, it's, yeah, that, that would that would be pushing. <laughs> Well, I'm pushing it, and and right now the TV's on, but he's not watch, probably watching shit. He's probably the eyes are probably. Oh fluttering. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. He's on his way out. Um. So, so just just quickly on the battles, Dean. The fact that Dean is alive is uh, is amazing. <laughs> Get the sh- living shit kicked out of him. Uh, I mean, literally. Li- I'm just going to tell the one story. You could tell that there's a million of them literally had these boxing gloves that had no that had no padding and scott and i would be on our knees boxing him like okay okay you, you know r- rope a dope <laughs> rope a dope he'd be throwing he'd be throwing and then he would just get the shit kicked out of him <laughs> right in some, in some awkward weird way i kind of enjoyed it <laughs> Just oh because boy. I just because I was hanging with my brothers, right? Just time, right? Just yeah, like, time like, together, the- just having fun, and you know they let me hit him a few times, and then the haymakers come. <laughs> it lights out. Oh, oh, oh. Just poor destroyed. bastard. Were there? Um, no, I think about it. It's like what, what, what? How twisted was that? But yeah, yeah. What, well, were your parents that? Were your parents like? Were they? Did they? They're like whatever. The boys are having fun or were they ever like sean you know lay off of him no they were never uh i don't ever remember hearing that the only time i the only really the only time my dad would get upset is if we were playing nerf hoop and we knocked all the trophies off the wall that he spent hours putting putting trophies up on the wall and we'd play nerf slam into the wall yeah yeah They'd all break, and he'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing down here?" <laughs> but he could care less if they were beating me into the into oblivion. <laughs> but the, the minute the trophies get threatened, <laughs> yeah, yeah, then he'd be pissed. Um, yeah, yeah. Who, who? Uh, I was going to ask it a different way. I was going to say which one of you, because I I figured this would probably start an argument, which is kind of what I'm here for, is to start arguments with you two. <laughs> but who is the best athlete? No, it wasn't me. I no doubt. I mean, it's either it's. I mean, Scott was really good. I mean, he could play anything, right? Dean. I mean, he could play anything. No, Still, I mean, no, he couldn't. He couldn't play golf. <laughs> okay, all oh, right. There we go. But right, but baseball, football, basketball. He was very talented. I had ten boxes. Okay, see. He's counting. So Dean, Dean walks around his house. So he, Dean has uh, a son and, and and then two stepsons, and walks around his house still. He's fifty two years old. I'm the only one that's got a state championship, state championship rig. I'm nice. the only right. one. Right. That's right. I'm that's like, right. Okay, fifty two year old man. All right. That's right. <laughs> Relax, the only relax. the only talk time about, in the history of the high school, school hero. Talk about high school hero. What was the yeah. state championship in? Football. Football. 
Yeah. Did you did you play any college ball like your big bro? Uh, I played at Plymouth State um, for a couple of years, a small Division three school up in um, New Hampshire. So you guys uh, loved football, right? I mean, because you don't oh, go yeah. play Division three because you're going to make money off of it, right? You play because no, you love I, the game. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm curious, was your dad um, a big uh, factor in you guys growing up throwing balls and, you know, beating up on each other and playing sports? Was your dad an athlete? Um, no, I mean, he loved sports, but he wasn't a, um, I don't know, would you call him an athlete, Sean? I wouldn't really call no, him an he, athlete, but he, he play, loved, I mean, growing sports. up, he played, he played softball. He, he golfed. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. He, when he quit smoking, he started running, ran some Boston marathons. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Wow. I mean, I've never run a fucking marathon. I ran a half marathon and got to the end of it. And like, there's no way I could do that again. Right. (laughs) Same here. Fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, Chris. I said, well, who the fuck would run 13? (laughs) I am. I run one and a bunch Uh, of halves. uh, We'll, we'll edit that out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So wait, so 10, 10 varsity letters. So you're football, basketball, baseball. Is that? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, Scott and, was a good athlete. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, he's um, going to listen to this. He's going to be like, fuck you, buddy. You, know, are you shitting? Yeah. He'll be yeah, like, he's like shitting me. He's like, yeah. give me a chance on that fucking podcast. Let, yeah. let me weigh in here. We should have had him right. on this one. Then that would have been fucking fireworks, right? That would have been nice. Well, I don't think we, well, any of us would have got a word in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not, and we're not here to to go through the the history of the Emerson siblings, anyways. Yeah, your your pri- your primary motivation, Chris, is what what you know what Dean spends most of his time doing these days. Correct. Well, I mean, obviously, we're going to get to that. So, <clears throat> Dean, you may know that I am um, a golf aficionado. Uh, my dad was a really good golfer. My little brother is a club. He's not a club pro, but he qualified, whatever that is called, to be a club pro. He's a really good golfer. I'm a decent awesome. golfer, but I love the sport. And I've been watching you and your boy, Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get into that, but but I still want to explore childhood a little bit more. <laughs> um, did you guys grow up playing golf? No. No. I, st- did- I didn't pick up a club till I was 30. Yeah, I think I was 25, started getting serious about it, I guess you'd say. I mean, I worked, at, my dad had lost his job, and I was playing football at Plymouth State, and I had to uh, leave school and come home and get a job, and my first job was at a golf course um, working, and so I just started hitting balls after work and stuff like that, but never took it real serious until I graduated from from college. Are you the best golfer now, Dean, among the three of you? Yeah, I mean Scott doesn't even play. Um, What's your hand? Sean's, Sean's pretty good. Oh come on, Dean. Dean will look at me and say, "Why do you stink so bad?" No, <laughs> what, what no, I doing? don't. What are you doing? Right? No, I don't. So your, so your lowest you were a four? Is that right? No, I was a, I was a zero. Wow, you were a zero. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got down to a zero at one point at at Mount Pleasant, which isn't. Like I got to a zero at that this particular course, but I couldn't take that handicap on the road and compete against anybody at a a good course. If that makes any sense. Are you a short guy like like your brother and me? I'm five eleven. Oh, okay. You got a little bit little bit more than I got. What are you, Sean? Five five nine? nine. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was always pissed off with my brother Will, who's the good golfer. It's like, of course you hit it further than me, chump. You know, you're six feet tall. So Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, dude, if I was six feet tall, think of the things I can do, which is total bullshit. <laughs> yeah, right? Right, yeah, right, right. I mean, Dean's got a complete game, but around the greens, uh, just a magician. I mean, it's unbelievable. The short game is unbelievable, right? I mean, it's, thank you, thank you. It's yeah. It, <laughs> it is um, like, for the listener. He just yeah. tipped his imaginary cap um, yeah, rather right. obnoxiously. Um, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, uh, I want to go back to one little thing you said, Dean. Um, was there a correlation between your dad losing his job and you going out to find work as a kid? Uh, uh, did I infer correctly? Yeah, no, it wasn't, wasn't caddy. And um, yeah, he, he just called me. It was in the middle of triple sessions. He called and said, um, I can't really afford to send you to school anymore. So 
I went home and I just started looking for jobs and there was a, a golf course being built. So I worked on the grounds of the golf course. So I was out there seeding fairways and pole sawing trees. So it was, it was in the early stages of um, building this golf course. So I was more of a grunt than, uh, than a caddy or a, um, you know, a club pro. Yeah. Yeah. Just working the grounds. I'm embarrassed. I don't know this, but is your dad still around? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Still yep. kicking. Is he, is he, yep. how's his health? Good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. What, what about your mom? Yeah. Wow. She's around and she's, she's good too. Yeah. How how old are they? Look at you guys. You guys, come on. 70, a 79, 79 or 80. No. Okay. Oh, 80, huh? No. 79 <laughs> or 80. I'm going to be 60 in a month ish. So, so in any case, we can confirm that they were young when they had you. Oh, yeah, that for is sure. Correct. Yeah. yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Where, where, where did the two of them meet? In Chelmsford, Massachusetts, high school, I think. Like high school sweethearts, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, did your dad, did, I, I was thinking about this the other day and this is the only reason I'm bringing it up, but my dad died in 2006 and really had struggled the last, probably professionally the last 15 years of his life. And as probably most men, especially in that time period would have done, they've tried to, I think, hide it from their kids. Right. Um, did your dad, like, did he bounce back? I mean, like, was it a, a protracted deal or was he just went out and found some other place that appreciated him. Your recollection may be different than mine, but he, right. um, my dad's always been in sales and um, it was a situation where he left one company and um, during the interim, he, you know, I watched him work construction yeah, um, for a small period of time to provide for us. Um got his feet back underneath him, found another job and started selling again. So it was just a moment in time where he was just in between jobs and did what he had to do. Either one of you guys can stop me if you get tired of my questions, but this is super fun. This is, you know what, Sean, this is a little bit like when we talked to Sherm where I'm like, I actually, I have a captive audience with these two guys and I'm, I'm going to like milk it for everything. Well, and, you, and you love it too, because you can dominate asking the questions, which, 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 you, which you love to, which you love to do. So you know what? Maybe Sean, this is a lesson in life. Maybe this is what it's like to have a big brother, right? So yeah, get used right. to it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. All right. So because we, you know, we, I have two brothers and a sister. Uh, how how do you guys do the three of you or the four of you? Because I don't want to leave out your sister, but in terms of staying in touch, I live part time down in Raleigh because I still work for a lab company. So I'm there part-time and I stay with my mom and my sister when I'm there. Like I'm leaving tomorrow morning to go down for a couple of days and then we're off to Charlotte, but I'll be there for a couple of days. I stay in touch with Sean a lot um, via text, phone calls. Um, and then Scott, he's also in Raleigh. So the three of them are down in Raleigh and Sean's, you know, he's a phone call away. I talk to him often. And then, uh, my mom is in, um, she's in Raleigh. My dad's in New Hampshire in Nashua. So are you guys at the point in life where you're, I mean, you mentioned that your parents are either 80 since neither one of you can recall exactly embarrassing, <laughs> um, but you're close to 80. Are you, are, are they stubborn octogenarians or whatever, septuagenarian, whatever that would be, or are like, are you guys trying to like steer them through, you know, the, the, the elder years? They're um they're pretty functional. My they both stay pretty active. Like my dad's going to the gym um pretty much every day. He does odd jobs for this um this guy that kind of has a bunch of different properties. So my dad, I guess he's not a property manager, but he does a lot of odds and ends. He stays pretty busy. And my sister lives with my mom and they do um uh, what do you call it, Sean? Um Rifting. Thank you. Oh, so they kind of they do that stuff, and they got a, their own store on uh, on eBay, and um, so that's they stay busy doing that stuff. So it sounds like your sister and your mom are kind of besties. Sometimes, 
See, now your sister's gonna want to get a spot on the show too. She's like, now I gotta weigh in because I can't oh, have these two jokes talk talk about me like that. Yeah, she'd have uh, she'd have you'd have to uh, expand the time for a few hours. <laughs> like that's like a haymaker. That's what's called a virtual haymaker. She, you just threw at your sister. Oh yeah. Um, so let's let's get into a little bit of golf because um, so obviously people will know the listener will know from our intro that you caddy for a professional golfer. Um, first question I got to ask is what is the range of handicaps among PGA caddies? I mean, are they, are most of them good golfers? I would say 75% of them are really good. At least the ones that I've seen and um, watched hit balls. I'd say 75% of those guys are, I would say at least a single digit handicap. How important is that? I don't think it's very important. I mean, I think you got to know the game, but you don't necessarily have to be a great golfer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this earlier today when I should have been thinking about fucking a lot of other things, but um, I was looking forward to this call. Um, And I was thinking, how would someone describe the components uh, or I guess maybe the skill sets of a PGA tour pro, because it seems like there's some, obviously you got to carry the bag, but it's more, more than that. I'm sure it's coaching. And then there's gotta be like a psychotherapist component to that job. Yeah. Um, Like how would you, how would you break it down? Like what makes uh, you uh, a, a PGA tour caddy? What makes a good or a great PGA tour caddy? Yeah, I think, you know, you you definitely have to know the game, right? But you also, I don't know, I, I like I'm, I come from a sales world and customer service was always important, right? So I kind of view myself as a customer service rep, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to keep your his clubs clean. You've got to know the wind. You've got to do everything that you can to make your air quotes customer happy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of how I view it. You just, you just got to keep him happy. You got to keep, you've got to keep him calm. So yeah, you have to have, there's that psychology component to it. Um, and again, it all depends on your golfer. You got to, you got to be able to feel and read uh, his mannerisms and his energy there's you got to be able to say the right thing at the right time or not uh, say anything I yeah, imagine. or not say right. anything at all which is part of the holy trinity the caddian it's show up keep up and shut up yeah so there's um knowing the right thing to say at the right time is very important or the wrong thing to say and um it's kind of a balancing act and it's it's really a hard you know most folks think it's it's an easy gig um but it can be very stressful and and taxing at times. Hey, thanks for listening to If You've Come This Far. This episode is brought to you by Judson & Moore, distillers of American whiskey right here in Chicago. You can stop by their tasting room uh, located in their distillery uh, just on the west side of the Chicago River and just south of Belmont. And uh, you can grab a delicious cocktail, a bottle of single malts or bourbon or rye. And uh, on many nights, you can enjoy some fantastic music. They attract some great acts. Now back to the episode. No, I, I, I think it'd be interesting. Uh, I think it's an interesting story for the listener to know how Dean went from selling uh, blood testing services to being a caddy on the PGA tour. So Dino, why don't you, why don't you talk about how you got here? And can, can we yeah, just clarify so, for a second, Dean, that you, yeah, weren't, sure. you weren't selling Theranos devices. Is that safe to say? <laughs> <laughs> is she in the slammer yet? Did she ever go away? I think so she soon. is. Well, isn't she expecting uh, uh, her, her baby any minute now? Or she maybe is. she just had yeah. the baby. I don't know. She didn't have it with the the, the guy, did she? The, no. The, she's no. married to a different dude. No. All right. 
What yeah. was his Fascinating name? Fascinating story. Indian guy. What was his name? Oh, I Sunny. 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 Sunny something. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's Bag, it. Bagwadin or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a crazy story. But so, no, I did not. I thought the, you know, I thought the whole thing was revolutionary. It, it was, but it was all fake. It yeah. was, it was yeah. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it would have been revolutionary, right? <clears throat> yeah, oh, absolutely. One little finger prick. No, I worked for um, uh, a lab out of New Jersey. And they had an open territory in North Carolina. And at the time, I had been laid off by Pfizer. I was working for Pfizer for nine years selling pharmaceuticals. And a friend of a friend said, hey, there's an open territory down in North Carolina to launch this lab. And my mom was down there. My brother's down there. So I went to my my girlfriend at the time, but my I call her my wife now. We've been together 18 years. And I said, hey, I think I got an opportunity to go down and, and launch this lab and try and make some good money. She said, go for it. So I had her blessing. I went down there and um, started knocking on some doors. In the midst of all that, I was able to grow the business and, and make a little bit of money. I drove by this place one day. I thought it was a farm, and there was just a little sign that said OC on it. And it turned out to be a golf course. So I went in there, and I played, and it was a private course. I ended up joining the course. And one guy, um, one young man caddied for me one day, and his name was uh, Doc Redmond. Oh, yeah. And he was, he was a sophomore at Clemson. And he had asked me to caddy for him in the Northeast Amateur Tournament up here in Rhode Island. I said, great, you can come up here, meet my family, and then we'll drive to Rhode Island and we'll play. Now, I had never caddied before. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I've been around the game, but I never caddied. Yeah. So we go there and we finish sixth. We finish the sixth. A month later, he says, hey, do you want to caddy for me in the USAM out in uh, California? And I said, sure. So it was at Riviera. I go out there. Long story short, Doc wins in um, <laughs> unbelievable yeah. fashion. He was two down, yeah, I, two to go. Let me, yeah. Let me just say, if 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 it's 2017, right? Yeah. If if if, if you don't know this story, I've gone back to see try, it. Try to find, yeah. Try to find it on YouTube. It's a it's a mate. The showdown between him and Doug Gim is is amazing. Um, so so wait so remind me he's two down with four to play two down with two to play two to play and 17 at riviera is a par five so doc knocks it home in two on the back of the green he's got an 80 foot eagle putt and doug gim's got like i'd say 20 feet for birdie yeah so basically if doc doesn't make this eagle putt it shows over he drains this putt for Eagle and, and then he makes an eight foot birdie on 18 to tie the match. And it goes into OT and the playoff hole is number 10 at Riv, which is one of the hardest holes in, in golf on tour. And we're walking over there and he's like, you like driver or three wood. And I said, it's a three wood all day long. And he knocked this three wood. He was first to hit and he, you couldn't have placed the ball any better. I mean, it just landed right in the left front half of the green slash fairway. I mean, it was just like you're just looking at the pin. And then Doug got up and pulled his driver into the woods. And Doc ends up winning the USAM. So he was he was 70th in the world, right? Something like <laughs> that going in, if I remember right. Well, no, From an amateur I perspective. His, I don't think his golf ranking was even that high. It was... You know, he he got into a playoff to get into match play. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, right. so he was like in match play. He was ranked 62nd, I think. OK, like he was the last one of the last guys in and then just ran the board. What, yeah. That tournament goes, what, a whole week? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're yeah. lucky. Yeah. So you play two rounds of stroke play. And then that dictates whether or not you get into match play. So you thought, you probably thought, I mean, you'd caddied for him once before. How long had you and Doc known each other at that point? A few months. A few months. Mm -hmm. And you probably must have thought, okay, well, yeah, well, I'll go out there and caddy for you for two days, maybe three, right? I mean, you... <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, I didn't have zero, I had zero expectations. 
I, I did go back and look at it. I remember when when Sean first told me about you, Dean, and your caddy, and I remember going back and looking at it. I don't remember what the reaction was after he won in the playoff hole. What 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 was I mean, like what, hey, what was his reaction? B, what was your reaction? It was kind of anticlimactic because Doug was just he hit it left. Yeah. Then oh. he hit it in the hit it short in the bunker. Then he hit it over in the other bunker. And he just kept going back and forth. And so, you know, it it wasn't a situation where Doc and I were like jumping into each other's arms or anything like that. It was just, you know, I grabbed the flag and I just started walking up the hill. And Doc kind of stayed down on the green and and I, I guess he did a bunch of interviews and stuff like that. I just kind of waited up at the top of the hill. I didn't know how yeah. prestigious the USM was. What? That's how you naive were totally... I was. <laughs> yeah, come on. Dude, really? I know this. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm I didn't, shocked. I didn't really know until everybody <laughs> back here at home was like, holy shit, do you realize what you just did? I'm like, I didn't I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I I swear, and if Doug Gim listens to this, he can confirm it. When when Doc hit that hit that eagle putt gim's knees buckled and his old man was his caddy and i swear oh. to god he he oh you were right there dean i mean he i i don't think they knew what to do when it went no, in because no, it, it, it was it was really more so on on 18 when he docked yeah. that eight foot birdie yeah. like i looked over at doug at that point and his eyes just went down his head oh. went down i'm like yeah yeah it, it was done is Gim still on the PGA or is he still playing like Yeah, Doug's on, the, yeah. Doug's on the PGA Tour. They both are. I don't yeah. know where they sit on the FedEx Cup. They're like 150th-ish around there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they've, got, uh, they've got to play some good golf over the next he, few months. So obviously, since you had to get back to the East Coast before you realized it was a big fucking deal, <laughs> maybe you weren't thinking about caddying as you know a part-time career or whatever else. At what point did you think, oh, I'd like to caddy some more, and I'm pretty good at it? That had to be after I was caddying for um, Rob Oppenheim. So I met Rob. So Rob's from Massachusetts, and Rob is a journeyman pro. Like, he's 42 years old now. But um, I got on Rob's bag after he called me to, um, he said, hey, do you want to come out and do a couple corn fairy events uh-huh. with me? And I said, sure. So when I was out there, yeah, that's probably when I got the bug. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning. I mean, I'm still learning every day. I caddied for Rob for a couple of events. Then he said, do you want to do the four corn fairy playoff events with me? And I said, sure. And there are four events right in the row. And if you finish in the top 25, you earn your PGA Tour card. Okay. So I caddied for Rob, and he earned his card. And he said, well, the PGA, you know, we got our PGA Tour card, or he got it. And he said, the bag's yours if you want it. So at that point, I'm like, how great of an opportunity this is. I mean, what's the percentage of guys that get to caddy on the PGA Tour? Right. Right. It's very small. So from not from nothing, from not even really trying. It's just like, hey, you found yourself in this situation and here you are now. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of it's crazy where life takes you, isn't it? I mean, you yeah, just never yes. you just never know. I mean, you put yourself yeah. in the right situations or the wrong situations. Um, but for in this case, it's been been blessed. How how much of the sort of the standard job consideration calculus went into that like do you think oh rob may not make a lot of money on the tour which which translates into you not making a lot of money on the tour right i right. mean there's got to be some consideration of that but like at that point where you're just like look i'm just trying to get in the door probably a little bit of both i mean i had some success in the lab business and things were really good so i could support my family even if rob didn't succeed and, you know, we, we get a weekly stipend and we, we make a percentage of their winnings. So I was able to do it. And again, I had the blessing of, of the folks here at home. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just the right situation and the timing was right. Do you not, uh, so we'll get into this in a little bit, but like you're on the bag of, of, of a pup right now, right? Uh, a youngin. Yeah. Um, Davis Thompson, right? So um, I do want to talk about that because I'm sure that's a, a, that's probably a very different thing than say caddying for 
Rory, right, or something like that, yeah, because they're they're maybe a little more handholding, etc. But do you have like what are your caddy aspirations? I'd like to stay with Davis for as long as he is out on tour. I mean, that's that's really my my biggest goal is to have him succeed and me be with him by his side the whole time. I mean, I guess that's my 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 goal. Is that because? Because you like him personally, because you think he's yeah. got a lot of promise. You like his family. Like what's yeah, what's yeah, his on? family is great. Uh Todd and Lee, his parents are awesome. He comes from a great family. He's got a sister, Franny, and they're just a really good family with good family values. He's a great kid. Um, you know, I'm staring at a letter right now. He sent me this letter at Christmas, handwritten note you know, just thanking me for my hard work and what a great year 2022 was. I leave it here in my office. Uh, he sent this note along with a uh, framed picture of when we won in North Carolina. So, I mean, it says a lot about the kid. He's yeah. just a, he's a nice kid and I enjoy being around him. So. Yeah. He's, he's getting married soon to his, his fiance, who I met at Holly Grace. She's pretty cool too. So the whole, the whole, yeah, the whole package is, I think yeah. we've got a nice, you know, nowadays they got teams, right? So I think we've got a nice right. team put together. Yeah. I just want I just want to do the math real quick though. Dean says he wants to be by his side for as long as he's going to be on the tour. Well, <laughs> let's just do the math real quick. Davis is 23, Dean is 52. So let's do the math. If he, you know, he's pretty good. So let's assume he has a long career. You're going to be carrying that big ass bag when you're 72. I, am, I mean, Fluff does it. Is Small Fluff that old? Oh, yeah. And Fluff's Who's never bag? been in great shape, has he? I mean. No. Whose bag is he on now? He's been with um, um, Furyk for, I don't know. Oh, 15, that's right. 15 yeah, years. Right. That's, yeah. That's yeah. right. Furyk, yeah. Furyk can still put a good round together, too. That dude is is, is a good old. I tell player. you, it amazes me that that Fluff and there's another old time, uh, Tony Navarro, he's out there with Nick Watney. Those guys, they've been caddying for 30 years or yeah. longer. Let's just let's just make a quick connection. So Dean, Dean is carrying for Rob. Rob has his card. Rob loses his card okay. and gets a call about i think you can support this gets a call about davis um and asking if he's interested and uh and they and, and they end up creating a relationship it's been is this two years now yeah I, two years so i started davis getting, together? <clears throat> rob didn't lose his card at the time um it was 2020 when i originally got a call for to yeah. caddy for davis uh, yeah. The agent reached out to me and said he had the biggest signing he's ever had, you know, since he's been an agent and it was Davis and he was looking for a caddy. I didn't think he was looking. I think he was reaching out to me to find a caddy for Davis. But in turn, he was actually looking to see if I would caddy for him. But Rob wasn't ca playing in a, um, in a in an event in November. It was the Sanderson Farms, October or November and uh, or September. And the agent called and asked if I would caddy for Davis. It was 2021. So I've been with him since. So I yeah, called okay. Rob. I said, hey, Rob, do you mind if yeah. I caddy for Davis in this event? And he's like, man, A, you don't have to ask me. And B, <laughs> he's like, yeah, that kid's really good. He's like, um, you know, go win. Yeah. So I've been very fortunate to caddy for great people. Like Doc's the man. Rob is, I mean, he is... You ask anybody on any tour yeah. and they'll say Rob Oppenheim's the best guy out there. He's right? just, yeah. he's just a yeah. good dude. So, and, so, uh, and Davis. And so D Davis, um, you and he hadn't met at the, at the time when you kind of got hooked up with him. No, no. So no, we hadn't met when that agent reached out to me. Um, but <laughs> this is so weird. Davis's first professional event was down in Congaree in South Carolina and he, we were paired with him, Rob and I. And so yeah. that was the first time I met Davis. It was really just hi and goodbye. Good playing. So it was like two words. Right. Right. And at the time Davis had Damon green caddy for him who caddied for Zach Johnson for years. He's had Mike Hicks who caddied for uh, Payne Stewart. Jeez. And he had Joe Etter. 
So those three guys did three events each for Davis during his first run as a professional. Well, so now I'm thinking about the agent and thinking about the agent in terms of like what search consultants do, right? Like they're trying to find a good fit, I'm imagining, right? So what do you think made him think that Dean might be the right guy for Davis? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. I met Jeremy, his name's Jeremy Elliott, and he works for uh, Sport 5. So rewind to when Doc was turning pro, um, him and his dad had asked me to sit in on um, on a meeting down in Clemson, and five agencies were coming in to pitch Doc to represent him. So I sat in on those meetings, and I met Jeremy, but I hadn't talked to him in three years, really. And he reached out, so I... I, to this day, I don't know what it is, but I'm very grateful and thankful that he did. So, so some people might be wondering, wh- why didn't you stay on Doc's bag after after the after the amateur win? Yeah, so good question. Um, the agencies again, they play a big role, and they just and they're probably right in this regard because they wanted Doc's a rookie, and he's coming out on the PGA tour, and they didn't want a rookie caddy. It's, it hasn't been a winning or a great formula, I guess, yeah. um, to have a rookie caddy and a rookie player. So they wanted somebody with more experience. But that's counter to what happened with Davis, right? Because Davis, either he was a rookie when you got in his bag or maybe what, second year? But I had two years. You had a couple A year and a half of experience. Yeah. yeah. Which so, isn't a so, lot. But Right. So remember, Dean referenced referenced when he was caddying for Doc, and he could use the gun to do distances. And I remember, I remember him telling me the first time he was out there on the tour with the book, with the yardage book. And I, it might have been Rob asking, maybe it was Doc, "Hey, how far is that bunker? How you know how?" He, so he had to look at this book. He goes, "I don't know what the fuck this book. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to read." That. I don't know how to read this fucking book. He's like, this I'm going to give him the wrong distances. It's like, yeah. I, yeah. he's shitting himself. I think maybe you weren't, but it sounded like you were. And and yeah. that is, that is why it's hard to break in. Right. I guess. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, once, once you realize what you're doing, it's pretty easy, but no, it was really like measuring from, you know, going from one bunker to, you know, like another bunker on a par five, that type of stuff. Doing quick math isn't my strong suit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember uh, the tournament that he came so close to winning, Davis. Uh, I think he had five Eagles in the first two rounds. Am I recalling that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he lit it up. I meant to look that up. It's out at our place in California, Chris. We were were there for every round. Oh, really? Lisa and I were there for every round. Yeah. You should have invited me. Um, Next year. Yeah, okay, it was the American yeah. Express at PGA West. Awesome. Well, I didn't. I never did look it up. But has anyone ever had five eagles in two days before? Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't. I thought I mean, he. I thought he tied somebody. If I remember. Yeah, I think you're right, that, Sean. Right? I think you're right. Yeah. If he yeah. had one I, more, he would have. He would have had the record. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. had a he had a great week that week, right? Despite coming oh. up just a little short. Yeah, I mean, he shot 25 under and came in second. Who beat him that? Was it Rom? Rom. Yeah, Rombo. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and nothing, you know, that guy hasn't panned out. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Six wins um, this year. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. He's so good. So what I, I think it'd be easy for you to say what you love about this what you love about the tour what you love about doing what you're doing what what is a surprise to you or not as great in doing this job or you know the 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 men that you see you know that are doing this whether it be the caddies or the players or the people around it what you know what is something that's not so great for you ah jeez i mean i guess Again, I mean, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I'm very grateful and appreciative of having the opportunity to do it. But the travel, I would say, is just, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. Yeah, It's a lot. I mean, it's better now, like on the the PGA Tour versus Corn Ferry. The Corn Ferry, you're going to some 
odd places mm-hmm. and there's no direct yeah. flights and things of that nature. So I think, you know, I would say the travel is probably um, not the best. And then, you know, sometimes you just don't get treated like, I sound like I'm complaining, but you don't get treated. No, no you're not. I, I don't know. You know, you're a caddy. You're, like you put, I'll give second, you an example. You, you pull you're up second the, class. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I mean, but I'm not, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. sure. I'm very sure. grateful for the opportunity, but yes, well, sometimes you're like, well, Hey, you know, you're driving up to the gate and you're like, um, sorry, caddies can't park here. You're, you're fucking right. three miles away. You got to get on a fucking shuttle. Right. You got to go right. back. It's like, come on, right. but it's Monday. Well, and then, like, you can't let me in right. today. And let's, and let's be honest. I mean, the, those players are so pampered. Right. But still, if you're if you're that good at something, like like Dean said, Dean got down to a zero and was probably miles away from 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 the way these oh, guys knock the ball yeah, out, right? Miles away. I mean, they are whatever the percentage of a percent at the top of their of their field. I mean, so like it would be, I bet it would be hard to be a great champion if you didn't have a little bit of hubris, right? Like a little bit of arrogance. Oh, for sure, right. Yeah. confidence yeah so given that that being a caddy is all parts you know different parts of these things and parts coach and parts psychologist um maybe you're not comfortable talking about this but like what are what are davis's biggest growth areas like what's holding that kid back man he's talented i think it's just probably you know these rookies I, and you know i'll just speak in in general terms i think seeing the courses and just getting used to courses, um, where to stay, how long does it take to get from the hotel to the course, just kind of getting used to your surroundings each week, I think um, will help him in the long run. You know, I think sometimes he gets a little bit stressed out. It just adds to the stress, right? If you don't know where you're staying or how far away it is and things of that nature. So I think once he gets a year underneath his, his belt, like, I think he'll be fine. There's really no, from a athletic standpoint, like the kids, he's pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously all we do is look at the stats, right? Okay. Where can we improve? Well, we're not great from a hundred yards in. All right, well, let's start hitting some more wedges. And he's a very talented guy. And, you know, there are certain instances where he gets a little impatient. So trying to just keep him patient and, um, you know, in the process, if you will, just those are areas where maybe he can improve a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't seem that chatty. No, he's definitely not. He's very private. Uh, he's not talkative. He won't really initiate a lot of conversations, but if you engage him, he'll talk. Yeah. 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 Dean, how old are your kids? Um, 30, 23, and 21. Oh, okay. So Aaron, Aaron has two boys that are 30 and 23 and my son, Nick's 21. Okay. So they're, they're Davis's age. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Dean's um, boss, and, as he calls him, which, yeah, which he is. He right. is my boss. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So it's not like when you have to travel to go to Riviera or wherever else um, that you're leaving little ones behind no. for five days at a time. That's yeah. good. Yeah. No. So, so one of the other things we got to get in, um, cause we, we could obviously talk forever is so Dean also has a online presence. So I'm wearing this, this winter hat. We got to talk about it with this winter cap with the dynamite stick on it. Come on. And it, the Instagram handle is the dynamite show. Uh, where Dean has been picking, I don't know, maybe you're in a slump. I don't know how you, I actually, I'm off social media again, so I don't know how you're doing. How come? Um, because it's poison. That's a whole nother, (laughs) it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole nother show, but I, I am not, uh, I'm not supporting, uh, the poison anymore. Um, we're good. Yeah. Where, where he picks games, he's a handicapper, right? A prognosticator, yes. Okay. Oh, you're telling That's the future. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you uh, any are you any good at that? Yeah. Uh I'm I'm good at football. Yes, sir. I'm good at handicapping football. But why football? Why why is football 
easier for you? Uh, I feel like I've, I've played the sport. I'm familiar with the lines and how the lines are set. I mean, I think I've been gambling for 35 years. And basketball and baseball, very difficult to bet, just bit, just through experience. Um, you know, I, there are probably thousands of people, maybe more, that bet the Celtics last night, bet the money line, laid $1,100 to win 100 bucks, and they end up losing the game. <laughs> I mean, the NBA yeah. is very, very, very difficult to bet. And you never know if it's fixed. So yeah. I stay away from the NBA. I bring on guest pickers that kind of handicap the NBA and, and the MLB. I'll handicap a couple games here and there, but my bread and butter is is football. Over the last couple of years, I, I've been 58%, 57%. And um, I don't know, I, I enjoy doing it. Why do the wait? So what social media? Oh, it's just media? Instagram. It's just Instagram. Instagram. So why do you do that? Why not just hoard the wisdom and, and make all the money and benefit? Well, we kind of did it for fun, really. Um, my wife, it was co- the, the COVID year. Um, I was telling her how good I was doing handicap. And she said, well, if you're so good, why don't you put it out on Instagram? And I said, well, I don't know how. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. Yeah. She showed me how. Get off yeah. my jock. I told you I had to update Zoom. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Get off yeah. my jock. You just dated yeah. yourself with that saying. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um. So, yeah, back in 2020, that's when I started. So I've been doing it ever since and just kind of having some fun with it. I put little skits together and give out, give out picks and have some guest pickers come in. And I've had a couple PGA Tour guys give their picks. I've had caddies just different personalities come in and give their picks. So he sells and he sells merch with the dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. So I trademarked that logo. It's a, it's a dynamite stick with a golf ball in it. And, and so I ran into the branded bills lady who, you know, she's the golf rep for branded bills, which is a, a brand of hat. And I said, can you make some hats with a dynamite stick with my logo on it? I just wanted like 12 of them. And I started wearing them to corn fairy events and people were like, holy shit, what is that? That thing is awesome. So I started making more and selling more. And so now I'm selling a bunch of hats and beanies and uh, collabing with different, different uh, companies. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I got to get myself one of those things. Um, Sean, you can probably direct me where to go. I can hook you up. Yeah. Give me your address. I'll send it out to you. Yeah, I'll do it. I will definitely do it. Um, this is going to be at the wedding, Dean. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it'd be nice to see you in person. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a party, right? Should we ask Should we ask Dean the questions or did we let him off the hook? Of course show? we hear. No, no. Every guest has to answer the questions. Uh, oh, boy. All right. Well, before you ask me a question, Chris, I want to know, is that a tattoo on your arm? That is a tattoo. What is it? So I spent the 90s uh, as a submarine officer in the Navy. Oh, wow. And, you know, pilots wear wings. Well, this is the insignia that submariners wear. You can't really see it. It's two dolphins jumping across the bow of a submarine. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Yeah, I can see. I can make it out. Yeah. Um, that also, been, that's, that's pretty neat. Well, I was right down the road. I spent most of my time down in Mystic, Connecticut or Groton, Connecticut. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the self-dubbed submarine capital of the world. Chris is also a domer. Do you know what that means? Notre Dame? Yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, okay. I was there for the record because you're a sports guy. I graduated in 92 because, well, you would know that because we're the same age. Um, So I was there as a freshman the last time we won a national championship in football. Mm. Oh, my gosh. And I'm tired of saying that. But I might end up saying that for the rest of my life, you know? Been that long, huh? Holy yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou Holtz, uh, Tony Rice. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Rocket oh, yeah. Ishmael was a classmate of mine. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. I know. We're, we're not getting any younger, are we? No. <laughs> um, no, we're not. We are not. <laughs> all, right, um, all right. We're going to spring these on you, Dean. Um, three questions. You know what they are. First question. What you're you've been in like pressure packed situations, yeah. You can handle this. This is different. Uh, this is different, yeah. Um, what do you wish you could have tenure told your 10 year old self? 
keep the gloves up, right? <laughs> yeah, keep up the left. <laughs> keep up, keep up the left. <laughs> Don't wrestle with Sean. <laughs> Remember the eye gouges you used to give me? You make my yes. eyes bleed. Yeah. yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Oh. Oh. The, fo- the WWE. We played football. We played. We played football. Scott and I would kick it off to Dean and he would, and he would catch the ball and have to try to score a touchdown and, and <laughs> the hits. I mean, you it was live. There was no two hand touch. It was this live. Is, this is what I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. 99.99% of the time that we didn't have like iPhones and all this video, but I'd give anything for video of that shit. Right. Or, or oh, the boxing yeah. match. Oh my that, gosh. Uh, priceless. They would have oh. said, what the hell's going on in the Emerson house? Yeah. <laughs> well, in this day in this day and age dcfs would have been at the house oh no question <laughs> yeah. by the no way question. chris did you ever watch the wwe of course or the, yeah do, do you remember the eye gouges I, yeah oh yeah i mean yeah. i remember all the red british bulldogs um you know brutus beefcake brutus beefcake yeah. yeah the yeah. iron chic oh my god remember how we hated that guy because the middle east was so i mean they played us, right? Like they, we, we, we got sucked. Right? So you guys were watching that and then trying to replicate the moves. Oh, he would rip my eyes out. Rowdy, they, Rowdy, they would Rowdy, Roddy, Rowdy, Roddy, Roddy, Piper. Roddy, Piper, the Piper's pit. Right. <laughs> oh, he'd rip my eyes bastard. out. Our podcast bastard. just got 20% dumber <laughs> because we brought up WWE. <laughs> um, all right, Dean, second question. Do you have a mantra in life or, or a mantra these days? I really don't. I just kind of, I take one day at a time. I really don't have a mantra. I, I guess it would just be, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. You see what's going on in the world and, you know, you see how caddies and players, their relationships, some, some aren't so good. And yeah. so sometimes you walk away from that saying, you know, just treat people the way you want to be treated. And you can yeah. take that anywhere. You can take it on, you know, in any situation, right? Whether it's on the golf course, off the golf course, just treat people the way you want to be treated. So I kind of, I live by that. Yeah. That's as good as any. Mm-hmm. Um, and better than show up, keep up and shut up. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought he was going to go with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's been yeah. slammed home a few times because I've said some <laughs> dumb shit out there. <laughs> like i can't believe i just said that you got to give me one example of something that you wish you could have taken back oh i, I all right so i've got a few <laughs> so i guess the the best one is you know i'm i'm caddying for rob it's early in my relationship with him and we're playing in bermuda and we've got a, a shot it's it's an uphill shot wind is in kind of a blind shot and the cameras are coming in on us right they're right behind us and so rob's we're discussing the shot and rob's like do you like nine iron or pitching wedge and i'm like "Mm, how about something in between he goes never never mind i got it (laughs) so 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 he hits the shot (laughs) he knocks it about 10 feet and then he comes back over to me and he whispers Dynamite, what the fuck is in between? And <laughs> so, so I wish I could take, take that back. Man, did I feel dumb. Oh, my God. But you guys have to understand, he had these ping clubs, and, and the gap wedge was like it had a U on it, right? So I, that that U, which was a gap wedge, it always fucked me up, and I'm like, I don't know. Just I just I wish I could take that back. Do you know what he hit? Yeah, he hit a nine iron, but you know I, I wanted him to flight it in between. That's kind of what I was saying, but there's no fucking club in between a nine iron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was that moment. And there's there's other moments, but that's that's the one that sticks out the most. That was that's priceless. Priceless. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I will be telling that story on the golf course many times for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question, Dean. Um, what do you hope people will say about you at your wake? Uh, that I cared about people and took the time to listen. That's pretty much it. 
that's all that's all you need to say um you're 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 efficient with your words um uh unlike your middle brother apparently um i appreciate I you guys having me on thank you very much nice to have you brother i'm still not sure why you were on but it was nice to have you come talk to us for, <laughs> for, me neither. For, for an hour and <laughs> you are a good man dean thanks for coming on brother thanks yeah. chris i appreciate it yeah peace, peace out guys all right love all right. you take, take care, care. yeah see you guys bye. bye this is chris thanks again for joining us on this episode of if you've come this far and this is sean remember to check us out at menliving.org <laughs>